Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 26 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are we doing today, brother? I am doing great. And by the way, welcome back, man. Yeah, welcome thank you. back. It's good to have you back. I mean, I'm not complaining. I got to have my wife sit across from the table. Uh, from me uh, last time, and uh, she definitely looks a lot better than you do. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, Drew did say that uh, you guys have a similar sounding voice, so and take that for what it is. Yeah, um, th- I think that's like uh, <laughs> that's like a rip on both of us. Um, I was gonna say, I mean, you guys were blessed to hear her because her uh, voice is um, probably a little bit higher pitch and a little bit more enjoyable than mine, especially when we record in the morning. Sound a little nasally and uh, all that. So yeah, Karina's probably a little bit better to listen to there. But. Yeah, and. Uh, I heard that uh, she laughed a whole lot, uh, and and so most of the feedback I've I've gotten from the podcast was that she thinks I'm hilarious. So maybe I need to have her own more so that people think I'm funny. I, I don't know. But, yeah, sorry, uh, I don't think you're quite as funny <laughs> as she does, but I guess that's part of being married to you. So um, you know that's that that's good for her. And yeah, it was it was good to hear her laugh. But you're, you're still a funny guy. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, you, know, you know, it's it's good it's good to be a funny guy. I guess. Um, and and you so you got a you got a new baby. Yep, new baby. Yeah, and get any sleep. Uh, yeah, we a decent amount. My, my wife does pretty good. She, she gets up with her, um, most of the time at night to feed and stuff. So she gets up a couple of times and then it's more of my job to be up with Zoe and then some with Kyla during the day so she can nap. So we've done it that way and that's, that's worked pretty well. Uh, we'll see how it goes this morning since she had to be up with, with Zoe this morning for us to record. So, uh, mm. um, she's getting a nap right when I get home, but, uh, it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah. So Kyle has been a good sleeper. So we better cut this one off at 30 minutes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Can't go, yeah. can't go too long, but man, <laughs> it, it's good to be back. It's uh, exciting to have a, a second daughter and Zoe's doing well with her, you know, not, not too jealous or anything. Um, so I did appreciate your your episode with with Karina on discipline because right now we're in the midst of that with Zoe and she's in a screaming phase, which is oh so much fun. So we were definitely taking uh, some of those uh, tactics to heart. Yeah, and yeah, scriptures to that's heart good. Yeah, and you know it was good having Drew on too. Uh, Drew did a great job with the worship podcast. Yeah. We're talking about what yep, style music we should use, and I thought I thought he really added a lot to that. So it was good having him too. Yeah, he definitely had better perspective than what I would have. So <laughs> now getting into today, though, as we go forward, this was a listener question actually from Jody, uh, who's a member at our church or been attending our church now for a little while. And the question... Member and, ministry leader. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she Yeah, she's doing all sorts of stuff, leading new ministries, which, which is awesome. And her question in a few different words, but we brought it down to more of a, a general topic in this, and that is, why does God allow suffering? Mm-hmm. I remember I preached a sermon on something similar similar to this not long ago, uh, titled "If God is Good, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People?" and and went through defining okay, is God good and what makes Him good, and are people good or not, and what makes them good or not good, and and whether that's uh, they're deserving of uh, good or bad or anything in between. Yeah. And so I think we're going to be talking about that that same kind of concept 
right. in the show today. Right. Yeah. You, you asked a little bit of a trick question in your sermon title yep, there. I did. <laughs> yep. And so what, what I want to look at to start, what we want to go to is where suffering first started. Mm-hmm. And we believe scripturally that is in the Garden of Eden. And we have to ask the question, who brought on the suffering? Because it's very apparent today there's all sorts of suffering. So it had to start somewhere. Yeah, whose fault is it? Yeah, and exactly. Whose fault is it? So if we look in Genesis 3, 1 through 3, it says this. Now the sermon, wow, the sermon, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Well, if you read a little further in the story, we know they decide to eat it because they believe or they believe the deception of the serpent, uh, whatever. But the the truth of the matter is in Genesis uh, 1 and 2, God created everything good without sin, without fault. And he called it good on number of times. Yeah, very good even. Very good. And then he tells them very specifically, and you and you know this because the woman even says it back to the serpent. It it it, it wasn't one of those commands that just um, God said and the people were like, yeah, 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 God, thank you, and moved on. I mean, she remembered it because she spoke it back to the serpent. So very clear, they both knew what God had commanded. Yet they were deceived by Satan and chose to eat of a tree that God told them would lead to certain death. So then when it comes down to the question of who caused the suffering, I think it becomes pretty clear that, yes, in a sense, it was, it was Satan, but ultimately Adam and Eve chose to do wrong, even knowing full well that that would lead to death, and they did it anyways. Yeah. Do- Dr. Andy Rogers once said that uh, what happened in the Garden of Eden is proof that forbidden fruit makes some terrible jam. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like something he would say. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's just so important. Is, and I know you're going to read a little bit further along in, yeah. in Genesis 3 to establish that, that suffering did start early on, but we we want to always blame God for it. How could a good God let all this suffering happen? People brought it on in the first place. If If Adam and Eve had never chosen to sin then there wouldn't be suffering. And yeah. we love to blame them and say, oh man, Adam and Eve, how could they do that? We would have done the same thing. Yeah, but we yeah. would have done the same thing. And I know that because we do it now, every day. Yeah. We yeah. we have our own personal sin that is responsible for ultimate suffering of the world. Right. Yeah, so if you continue on in that narrative in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 14, God lays down what we call the curse, and it's the first time we see that word used in the Bible, uh, and it's the consequences of sin. I'm not going to read all of it, but you, you, will, you will see it in Genesis 3, 14 through 19, but I just want to point out a few things there, and we'll see where suffering really comes from, and it's because of the consequences of sin. Like in verse 14, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. Uh, you go on down to verse 15, uh, at the end of that, uh, there will now be enmity between you and the woman, and uh, so there's this fear, there's this... Um, uh, conflict now. Uh, there's pain and suffering. It talked about him bruising the heel of her seed. This is ultimately a foreshadowing of Christ to come and that he would uh, die. Uh, but he also get his head crushed by uh, the seed as well. And Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. But so there we have you know, the promise of um, pain. There's the venom of the snake with the bruising. First time you see bruise taking place. Uh, verse 16 greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. So pain is here, and it's been greatly multiplied. No pain uh, before that. Um, verse 17, cursed is the ground because of sin. Um, and now there's going to be toil. So they had work in the garden before this uh, because they were to till or they were to cultivate or uh, care for the garden. But now it's toil. It's not a good work. 
It's a hard work. Mm-hmm. It's not a blessed work. It is a burdened work. There's toil there. Verse 18 talks about the, the ground now having thorns and thistles. I mean, could you imagine a garden without weeds? Yeah, that'd be nice. Right? And and so the, even even things like that, weeds coming up in your garden, this, this type of suffering, difficulty, frustration is because of sin. Thorns cause pain, bleeding, cutting. None of this happened before sin. Um, and then verse 19, the sweat. Uh, so you get, again, um, this is, this is a type of suffering. Um, and, and it, there, there wasn't, you didn't need, there was no need to sweat before this, um, getting tired, weary, uh, worn out. This didn't happen before sin. Uh, and then the end of verse 19 uh, says that you will return to the ground. Uh, death uh, is a result. So all these terrible things, um, every pain, every suffering, every difficulty happened as a consequence of sin. Mm-hmm. And again, God made it abundantly clear what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And yeah. they chose anyways to do the one thing God told them yeah, not to do. They just had one thing. Yep. Just one. Yep. And just in case we don't think that we're that bad, uh, now, we, again, we can blame Adam and Eve, but Scripture does have more to say. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful, uh, or is more deceitful than all else, and is desperately sick. Who can understand yeah. it? So again, yep. we, we hear in the world... Follow your heart. Do follow your passions. Yeah, follow that's you. terrible advice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to scripture, that's more deceitful than anything else. We should be following the word of <laughs> yeah. God, not our heart. Uh, but our heart is deceitful. Romans five twelve. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, like we just talked about, and death through that sin, and so death spread to all mankind because all sinned. So really, the focus all, all have yep. sinned. All have sinned. And going on Romans three ten and twenty three, as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. And then going on 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we are all responsible for sin. We're all responsible for the suffering that the world uh, has as a whole. So overall, really by our nature and by our own selfish, sinful decisions every day, we are not victims who deserve, who don't deserve suffering or God isn't fair to uh, have go through suffering. Because we've all sinned, we are all deserving of suffering. Yeah. I mean, everything we get outside the gate of hell is ultimately a grace of God Yep, because we deserve every suffering that we experience. I mean, really ultimately mm-hmm. because, because of our own sin. And, and I think many times before we get into the ways that God uses suffering, I think there's just a, a huge disconnect for so many people because for the most part, I think we just, even as Christians, many times don't believe we're that bad. Yeah. And yeah. so if we don't believe that we're that bad, then when really bad things happen, we either blame those really bad people or we blame God for letting it happen. But if we can truly understand just how broken and sinful and wicked we are, then like you said, anything outside of the gates of hell that, that happens, you know, that, that is good for us is grace and love by God. Absolutely. If God is fair, then we should all suffer all the time yeah, because and, that's what we asked for. Right. And it, yeah. So it, whether it's a good thing or bad thing that happens, I mean, it's all grace yep. outside of, of, of eternal death. So as as we get into now, we I think we've established why where suffering came from and why it happens, uh, at least from our perspective. But we're going to look at some scriptures and, and points about how God uses that suffering. And first, God allows suffering for our good. Jackie, you have a couple of verses for that. Yeah, uh, Hebrews twelve is one that Corey and I used talking about the parenting uh, when we did the parenting podcast on discipline, and it says in Hebrews twelve, starting in verse ten, He God disciplines us for our good so that we share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not joyful, but sorrowful, 
But those who have been trained about afterwards yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So discipline can be a form, suffering can be a form of discipline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's for our good. Uh, Psalm 119, uh, it was good for me. This is verse 71. Psalm 118, verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted that I may learn your statutes. So the psalmist is saying that it was a good thing that he suffered because it was through the suffering that God taught him the truth of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so God used, he allowed, he used, or even caused this suffering ultimately for good. Yeah, love that Love that verse. Uh, Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good mm-hmm. for those who are called according to his purpose. Yes. So again, those according to his purpose, uh, those who love God, anything that happens, God is working together for our good. And it's sometimes hard in this world to see suffering that happens and say, how is this for the good? Uh, but God is bigger than us. And many times it's just our, our mind can't wrap around Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And then uh, jumping actually way back to Genesis chapter 50. Um, Genesis one, I mean, I love all the books of the Bible, but this is one of my favorite narratives to, to really hone in on. And yeah. at the end of it, when Joseph speaking, jo- yeah, yeah Joseph speaking to his brothers after they've, uh, you know, they've sold him, they considered killing him, they haven't seen him for years. He he's was in, in prison, prison. yeah, and now he comes back and he's actually uh, helping deliver um, God's people through this through this famine. And in Genesis fifty verse twenty, it says, "As for you, uh, speaking to his brothers, says you meant evil against me, but." God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. Yeah, what an so, awesome story. Yeah, awesome and that's story. one of those, if you're tracking that through his actual yeah. life, this seems so rough. Joseph didn't really do, at least... He didn't deserve uh, it. Yeah, he from, didn't yeah. deserve it. But then he comes back and he can look full circle and say, this evil you did, God meant it for good because it actually saved others. It saved yeah. lives that otherwise wouldn't have been saved if I didn't suffer this way. What a perspective that is from Joseph. Yeah. And if yeah. believers, if we can say when suffering happens, it is for our own good, what a change of, what a paradigm shift that really is for us yeah. as believers when looking at bad things in this world. Absolutely. Because Joseph, I mean, he, he was thrown into a pit, sold as a slave, uh, imprisoned wrongfully, accused yep. wrongfully of a crime he didn't commit, imprisoned wrongfully, uh, talking about injustice, suffered in all kinds of ways, and yet God exalted him after all that to the second highest place in all of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So it was for his good, but not just his good, it was for the good of everybody else, the people in Egypt, the pe- the Jews, everybody else, yep. even the people who did bad to him. Yep. So Crazy. God uses suffering for our good, not just us personally who are experiencing the suffering, but for those who also see us going through the suffering. Um, not only does God allow suffering for our good, but God also allows suffering to punish wickedness and sin. Back to that discipline thing we talked about. An example of it that you see, there's so many examples of scripture, but I wanted to give this one. I thought it was interesting because we don't, we don't look at this one a whole lot. But the uh, Philistines had stolen the Ark of the Covenant. And it says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 5, starting in verse 6, the hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod, and he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how things were, they said, the ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us and against Dagon, our God. Uh, God was punishing their wickedness, their sin, their rebellion with suffering. And it was through that that punishment that they were like, we got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
you see uh, the psalmist, uh, David, in Psalm 38, starting in verse 1, he explains this this way. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger. This is a verse 1. Nor discipline me in your wrath, for your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. So he he's explaining the pain, the suffering he's going through, like arrows that have sunk into his body. So I mean that I'm sure that's some pain. Um, he said, "There's no soundness in my flesh, no health in my bones." He's in physical pain, emotional pain, a mental suffering, and he realizes because of his sin, God is punishing his sin, and uh, God God will allow suffering to do that to get us out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we need that wake up call, and th- there's times that we will, uh, you know, be in sin and be called out by a, a brother or sister in Christ, and then can repent, and we. Uh, maybe avoid some of that suffering, but there's other times where we continue in that sin and God starts, turns the heat up. Yeah. Turns the heat up to get heavy. Yeah. And Galatians six, seven through eight says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever person sows this. He will also reap Mm -hmm. for the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. So just this concept. Yeah. What we put in is what we get out in a sense. So if we're living for the flesh, we're going to be, we're going to experience suffering. Um, maybe sometimes not even here on earth, but for sure in, in the next life, we will absolutely, um, yeah. go through that suffering and God allows that for the punishment of our sin. So the hope, you know, the, the prayer is kind of into actually the next point is that God allows suffering to bring us to salvation and repentance. So with this sowing and, and reaping is God uses that to, um, bring about salvation and repentance and, and push us to that. And if we, don't come to salvation or repentance, then we see that um, you know eternal punishment and for our wickedness and sin, which is not yeah. a place we want to be. Yeah, Su- suffering here and yeah. now could prevent a whole lot of suffering, suffering later. in Absolutely. eternity. Um, and so, suffering on earth is is used yeah. by God in so many ways to bring about salvation or repentance. Psalm Psalm thirty two, starting in verse three, David says, "When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away." Through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So God used this suffering in David's life to bring him to repentance and salvation. And that's what God, I mean, even, even if the suffering we're experiencing is not our own doing, like in maybe Joseph's case where you read Genesis 50, um, God still will use that to teach us that the only place we can really get um, transformation and get true uh, healing is, is, in, is in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 1967 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep mm-hmm. your word. Yep. I, I love that because it's, yeah, before I was, <laughs> before I was suffering, I went astray. I was going a different direction. And then it, it shows us that he was then afflicted. He was then yep. suffering. And because of that suffering, now he keeps God's word. Yeah. Um, so it clearly established. The suffering right did its work. Yeah. And then Job 36, 15 says, he delivers the afflicted by their affliction and opens their ear by adversity. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. All, all through the story of Job, you know, you just talked about Joseph. He's another one. 
that Job was just being tested yeah. for everything. His his friends didn't believe it after a while. Even yeah. his wife wasn't on board. But uh, God used the suffering for um, all sorts of purposes in the life of Job. Yeah, and that's just, uh, the wording there is just so powerful. He delivers the afflicted by their affliction. So it, it, they, they would not have been delivered if they hadn't, mm-hmm. didn't have to suffer. But because they suffered, that's exactly what God used to rescue them. Uh, he opens their ear by adversity. Yeah, it, it so, really it really makes you think of all those situations where people come to a knowledge of Jesus because they're at the lowest of lows. Yeah, you know, it says opens yeah. their ear by adversity. They're going through so many hard times that it's okay. Maybe this God thing is worth looking into because I have absolutely nothing no, else. Yes, yeah. I've gone through this suffering, and praise God that there are people who open their ear and are delivered by their affliction because of uh, the suffering yeah. they're going through. They wouldn't listen before, but because they suffered, now they're listening. Yeah. Yeah, um, so God allows suffering uh, to bring salvation, repentance. God also allows suffering to sanctify us and shape us into the image of Christ. Sanctification is the process in which the Holy Spirit is changing us from the inside out. Uh, Isaiah 48, verse 10, God says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So God uses suffering to test us and refine us, uh, just as silver is refined in a fire, uh, a fiery furnace. Uh, we're we're refined, we're shaped, we're tested um, through suffering. Yeah, and Romans five three through five expounds on that, uh, gives us a little bit more practically what that means. It says more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we get this progression of what happens when we, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know what suffering ultimately produces yeah. through endurance, character, and that gives us hope. hope. Yeah. And James 1, 2 through 4 says, count it all joy, my brother. So again, the same concept of having joy in, uh, in this. It says, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, unless let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So we, we have to go through trials if we want to grow in our faith. That's what gets us to this point eventually, um, when we meet Jesus, that we're perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, I, I know I've heard it said, you know, a, a faith, how does it go? A faith not um, tested, not tested isn't, can't be trusted. Yep, that's yeah, another yeah, that's, Dr. Uh, yep, Rogers you've, quote. <laughs> you said that one. Yeah, faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Yeah. We, we have to go through the testing to see what we're really made of. Yeah. I know you're probably probably happy with that. Uh, yeah, you used, used the doctor, out of yeah you used the Adrian Rogers quote. It wasn't quite as smooth coming out as yours, but I'm getting there. That, that's all right. That's all right. You'll get there. Yeah. First uh, Peter, there's a couple of passages there that I'd like to look at uh, and just a little bit of context. In first Peter, the persecution of the early church was really taking an uptick. I mean, that, that at this point, apostles had already been killed. Uh, you know, th- there was a lot of difficulty going on. And so the first Peter really does a lot with suffering. Um, but first Peter chapter two, starting in verse 20, it says, what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? Right, so you deserve it, right? Uh, but if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God, for to this you have been called, because Christ also also suffered, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in His steps. So God has called Christians to suffer because that teaches us to follow the steps of Jesus, to walk like Jesus. So again, shaping us and molding us, the sanctification mm-hmm. process. First uh, Peter four, starting in verse one. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same 
purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. So suffering, the purpose in suffering here is, is it teaches us to, to, to leave sin behind and instead pursue the will of God rather than the will of man. Mm-hmm. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested Amen. in our bodies. It's so hard for me not to think of trading my sorrows in that yeah. one, especially that's in different translations. That's what it's based on. No, yeah. I know. It's yeah. like the different translations. It's like, oh, but that's how the song goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, man, God, God, Jackie's singing. Sorry, guys. I'm don't, trading my don't, don't turn us off yet. But, I, yeah, I, I love love that, that, uh, that verse because we're getting this, you know, with um, all of the suffering that goes through, ultimately, um, it's for the the life of Jesus being manifested in our bodies, that sanctification that you're talking about. So there's Amen. there's tons of scripture about how God allows us suffering to um, shape us into the image of God, to sanctify us, to to make him to make us more and more holy here on earth. And God also allows suffering so that we can remember how much we need Him. Oh yeah. So this one here, uh, Paul's suffering. He explains all the things that he suffered through. You could go back Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, eleven, the end of the chapter, and, and into chapter twelve. Uh, Paul's suffering, and and Jesus spoke to him. It says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is per- made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul is saying, look, I, I find going through all these sufferings because I know now how much I need Jesus. His grace is enough uh, for me. Um, God also allows suffering so that he can comfort us and we can comfort others. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5 through 5, hits on this, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So again, we are comforted by God, and through knowing how God comforts us, we can then show that to other people, especially those who don't even know Jesus, but they can, you know, in in the midst of all sorts of tor- turmoil that we have, us being able to have a that peace that surpasses all understanding because we know that God comforts exactly, us, that yes. can be an example for others to say, how do you deal with yes. all of this? It's an well, opportunity me, to share the gospel. Exactly. Let yeah. me tell you exactly how. Yep. Yeah. And, and finally, God ultimately allows suffering for his glory. And mm-hmm. Philippians Amen. 1, 29 says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So again, uh, granted specifically for Christ's sake to bring glory to him in our suffering for his sake. Amen. Yeah, his sake, not ours, his sake. I mean, it is for us too, it's for our good, but ultimately it's for his sake, it's for him. Uh, John 9, uh, 1 through 3. It says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I just I love that because yep. they're like, hey, this suffering that this guy has, 
it's because of sin, right? What would he do wrong? And Jesus is like, no, that's not the reason. It's so that I can receive glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, first Peter chapter four, back at first Peter again, first Peter chapter four, starting in verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so it's just a reminder that he's coming. It's a reminder of the glory that's to come, that Jesus is coming and he's going to deliver us from all this one day. Ultimately, suffering is for the glory of God. So in summary, when we're looking at this question of why does God allow suffering, many times our initial reaction is to blame God for the wrongs in this world and think that he isn't fair. In fact, many people today reject Christianity altogether because they can't wrap their minds around this idea of God allowing bad things to happen in a world. Because if, if God were so good, why, why would there not be good to everybody? Everything should be perfect. But we know from Scripture that the truth is God is always good, and it is sin and sinful hearts that have caused the suffering in the world, and we contribute to that with our own personal sin every single day. Mm. The Genesis account of, of creation and the willful sin of man in Genesis 3, even while having the consequences explicitly laid out from God, shows us clearly how suffering first entered the world, and we see evidence of why it continues throughout Scripture. Thankfully, God has many purposes for suffering, and he is sovereign and will always use them for our good and for his glory. Jackie, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, suffering is temporary. Yeah. You know, it, it's not forever. Uh, we talked about that before the show and wanted to end with that thought, you know, because one day um, Jesus will wipe every tear away from us. There'll be no more suffering, no more death. When we're in heaven with him, there'll be all those things will be, will be passed away. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And so just a reminder that uh, this is temporary. And if we're in Christ, we will be delivered. Yeah. Thanks for that word, man. So that concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.